good morning to my friends in Ethiopia. It's an honor to be in the house today here at Beza Church. And I want to give honor to uh, uh, Dr. Beta and Sophie and Pastor Zeb and his family as well. Dr. Beta and Sophie and Pastor Zarun, but I'm not going to And this is my first trip to Africa in my lifetime. And so thank you for the hospitality and the receptivity so far. And I thoroughly enjoyed the worship. I have no idea what they were singing. But my heart felt the connection to the, to the Spirit of God. And so I want to share with you the Word of God this morning. I also bring greetings to you from Calvary Church in Chicago, Illinois. Calvary Church, Chicago, Salam And I want to affirm that we're very grateful for the relationship with Beza and Calvary. And this is a tremendous honor to receive this gift today. Thank you. So, God speaks. Do you believe God speaks? So how do we know if God's speaking? And can we trust the voice of God when we hear him speak? So from the word of God today, I want to take you to Genesis chapter 22. And I want to share with you some thoughts about when God speaks. As the opening clarification, I believe that God does indeed speak today. Our God is not deaf. He, he can hear. Our God is not blind. He can see. Our God is not mute. He can talk. Our God's arm is not short. He can still save. We serve a very present God today. He's present on this earth right now. He's present by his spirit. He's present by his word. And he's present by his voice. God's voice is so powerful that it can shape the word world with one word. God simply spoke and things took place. God spoke and the earth began to form. God spoke and the seas began to roll out. God spoke and the fish began to swim. God spoke and things began. Yet in creation, God spoke everything in existence but man. He didn't speak man in existence, he created man. And it's an important, it's an important disc, or separation and clarification. 
that while everything in creation got spoken to existence by his voice, but with man he formed man out of the ground. And I believe he did that for this purpose. Because God was clarifying a precedence that I will form man with my hand but I will guide man by my voice. God is still speaking to mankind today. When you look at the Bible, and you start to understand who God is. You start to learn his nature and his attributes through his names. And when you know who God is, you can trust God's voice. For example, the Bible says he's Jehovah Shalom, God our peace. He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He is Jehovah Rapha, our healer. He is Jehovah Nisi, our victory. He is Jehovah Makedesh, I am making you holy. He is Jehovah Sitkanu, our righteousness. He is Jehovah Shama, which means I am here. When we know who God is, we can know we can trust his voice when he speaks. When we know his character and nature, then we can trust his voice speaking to us today. When I think about how God speaks, I'm reminded that he is a good God. That he is a loving God. And that he is a faithful God. And because he is good, loving, and faithful, that means his voice is good, loving, and faithful. And when God speaks, it's always for my good. When God speaks, it's because he is faithful. And when God speaks, it's because he loves his creation. It's important to get this clear on the front of the message today. Because if I'm going to trust God's voice, I have to know who God is. Because my view of God impacts my response to God. If I believe God is good, and that his voice is always good, then I can know no matter what he says, it's for my good. So when I read the word of God, there are times, there are things in here I don't necessarily like. I don't always want to do good to those who persecute me. 
I don't want to love my enemies sometimes. But if I know this is God's voice speaking to me, and God says to love your enemies, and God says forgive those who persecute you, then I can know even if I cannot see it, that is for my good. And it's because he loves me. And it's because he's a faithful God. And so my review, my view of God affects my response to God. In the Bible, there's a story of a man named Abraham. And Abraham's life shows us a perspective on how to view God's voice. God gave Abraham an amazing challenge and call in his life. He called Abraham to leave everything he'd never known, leave his country, leave his father's house, and take off to a place I will show you. And if that wasn't enough, later on in Abraham's story, God told Abraham to take your son, your only son, and offer him up on an altar of sacrifice to me. And you think about all God had asked Abraham to do. And when you read the story looking back, it looks pretty easy. But there's no way this was easy to leave everything you'd ever known, to lay aside your family. And then on the journey somewhere, God asked you to give back the only son you have. That I wonder if Abraham looked to God and said, God, have I not done enough? I left my family. I left my community. I left all I'd ever known. And now you want my son in addition to all those things. But because Abraham knew who God was, he knew he could trust God's voice. And in trusting God's voice, we learn that Abraham discovered a new part of who God was. Now for context, Abraham came out of a pagan worship culture. Abraham was surrounded by idols. His father was an idol worshiper. That's why God called him out from his family. That's why God called him out from his family. Because you can't worship God and idols too. Abraham was used to trying to worship all the gods. And now he's learning how to worship the one true God. The creator of all things. The giver of life. The giver of the word. He's learning how to worship the one true Jehovah God. And in the story, we see not just who God is, but we see a pattern for our life too. Some of you 
So let's go to Genesis 22, verse 6. Uh, and I'll have my friend read to us verses 6 through verse 14. Need a Bible. <laughs> Abraham, Lemikatel Meswat, Yemihonon in Chatwasto, Lejuishak and Ashekamo. Asatunena, Bilanem Rasuaza. Uletum Abrao Hedu. Yisakem Abatun Abrahamen. Abatihoi, Alo. Abraham, Nahoing, Allahulijalo. Yisakem. Asatunan Chatuiho, Nagargini, Mikatalo Meswat, Yetale, Belota Yeka. Abraham, Lejehoi, Lemikatalo Meswat, Yemihonon. Beg Xavier Rasu Yazagajal, Alo. Ulatum Abro Guzachon Catalu. Xavier Rodamele Cato Botanda de Rasu, Abraham Masawea Sarra. Belaim lay in Chatrava River, Lejunis Hakenem Asro, Bemasawea in Chatlai Agadamo. Xavier Malagen, Casamai, Abraham Abraham, Blot Arrow, Abraham Nahual Lohale. Assume a jehen babelatinolai at Tasarif, Minum Gudat at Tadrasabet, and now ho exabhiren and demitfarat heredicalo. Ligehen, Yaum Andun Ligehen, Lani Lamestet Alsasahemena, Ilo. Abraham Canablos in Malekat, Bakutquatomaka Kelk, and do treat at Alalafu, and Arabic Cabestohalo a year. What is Yahido Bagunamatana, Yamikatel Mosot, Adrico Sawau? Kazim Metanessa, Abraham, Yazian Safrasem, Xavier Yazagajal, Brot Arrow, Eskazarim dress, Bagzavir Tararalai, Yazagajal, Ypalal. I've always preached this message from the perspective of talking about who God was. And we definitely learn about the nature and the character of God in this story in Genesis 22. But we also discover from the person of Abraham how to understand God as he reveals himself to us. And so when you look at the story, the first thing I ask when reading this is, why did Abraham take off on a journey? And the simple answer is, he heard God's voice. Now, what's unique about the story is, Abraham responded immediately. The Bible says the next day he took off on the journey. He didn't uh, think about it. He didn't wait a few weeks. But when he heard the voice of God, he began to move. When you look at Abraham's response to God, it gives us this perspective that Abraham not only believed that this was the voice of the one true God, but that he would stake his entire life on this being God's voice. He was following God's voice to an unknown place. To lay before the Lord the very thing he loved dearly, his son. He trusted God's voice so much that nothing was too big for God to instruct or to ask of him. 
እግዚአብሔር ለሱ ሊጠይቀው የሚችለው ምንም ትልቅ ነገር አልነበረም It's hard to follow God's voice if you always have some areas that are off limits for God to speak into እግዚአብሔርን ድምጽ ማስማት የሚከብደን እግዚአብሔር እንዳይናገር የምንከለክለው ቦታዎች ካሉ ነው And maybe you found yourself praying in your prayer time saying God I'll do whatever you ask But God don't ask about this. Don't tell me to do that. You can have all of my life. Except for that part. You can have all these things I don't really want anyway. But the things I really love God don't ask about those please. And so God goes right to the greatest thing in Abraham's life his son his lineage his heritage. Negergen qatta wedet yedal liju zeru. Everything Abraham had hoped for was based upon his son's continuance. Ya Abraham tasfa bemulu yallo be Isaac ijno. And God said I want that too. Negzaber gen sunum felgo allo ale. Now from the rest of the Bible we see in the book of Hebrews that Abraham did this with the belief Abraham yihinnin yamano that if indeed he had to slay his son unet bisawaw nuro that God would raise him back from the dead exaber kamot yasnesaw neber bulo amna because he knew Abraham was had a promise through his son mekniyatun beliju bekul qalallo and so he was holding the promise of who God was through his entire knowledge of who God was yegzaber uqat bemulu ballo neger hullu But what's amazing about the story is simply this. When Abraham trusted God's voice. Abraham And you got to hear this today. When Abraham obeyed God's voice. Abraham experienced a deeper revelation of who God was. God did not change his nature or his name at that moment. God doesn't change. Becoming Jehovah Jireh was not new in that space and time. He's always been Jehovah Jireh. He's always been the God who provides. But it was at that moment that Abraham discovered that he is the God who provides. If Abraham doesn't make the journey, if he doesn't obey God, God is still Jehovah Jireh. God doesn't change. God didn't become Jehovah Jireh that day. He was already Jehovah Jireh. But Abraham did not know it to the day he obeyed God's voice. When you respond to God's voice, you experience a deeper revelation of who God is. If you want to know God better, if you want a deeper revelation, then simply respond to his voice. Because when we obey he reveals himself to us. When we respond to God's voice he reveals himself to us deeper. So remember he not only is a speaking God. 
He's a revealing God. He wants you to know him deeper. He wants you to know him more personal to your life. But that knowledge may come through some experiences that, that on the front end don't sound all that fun or enticing. When God says, sell everything, move back to Ethiopia. And when the mind begins to go, how is this going to work? How is this going to make it, how is this possible? See, our mind goes to the natural. But God's voice is not limited by the natural things. God operates at a different level of revelation. Abraham discovered a new part of who God was that day. And that was a day that he became revealed as Jehovah Jireh. But not just Jehovah Jireh for everybody. And, and he was certainly that. But that day he became Abraham's provider. Abraham hearing God's voice. Abraham and respond to God's voice empowered a new revelation of who God was in Abraham's life. When you look at the story of Abraham and God's revelation, you also understand simply this. That God's provision is on the other side of our obedience to his voice. That God reveals on the other side of his voice. See, to understand who God was, Abraham had to start with where he was and respond with each step to God's instruction. Now, it's interesting because this was going to be a journey, not just one event. Abraham had plenty of time to change his mind. It was a couple-day journey. And sometimes when you make a decision, but the decision it doesn't come true for a couple days, you have time to think about it. And in the thinking process, the devil begins to speak into your own ears. And he begins to tell you this isn't going to work. You can't do that. It's not possible. You heard a strange voice. That wasn't God talking to you. That was just your imagination. 
And that's where you have to hold on to the nature of who God is in your life. And every time the devil speaks something false in your ears, every time he tries to make you doubt the voice of God, you've got to remind him who God is. And that your confidence in God is true. And that you know God is good. And that you know God is loving. And you know God is faithful. And you know his voice is going to be good. And you know his voice is going to be loving. And you know his voice is going to be faithful. And so when you step out in faith, and you respond to the voice of God, even when the enemy tries to make you doubt, you stand firm on the word of God. On the promises of God. On the faithfulness of God. On the goodness of God. On the loving nature of God. Because you know who God is. And you can trust the voice of the God that you know. I have no doubt in my mind that Abraham had some doubts. One of the doubters was his own son. The son did the math. He looked around. He saw the, the potential sacrifice. He saw the fire. He saw the wood. But he was missing something important for the sacrifice. He didn't know at that time he was the sacrifice. But he trusted his dad to follow his dad. Hear me, hear me today, parents. Your children's view of God is shaped by you first and foremost. The God you follow is the God they will follow. Their journey may have some turns yours didn't have. Their journey may swerve off path a few times. But we serve a redemptive God. Keep showing your kids example of following God's voice. And I, I think about Abraham's son Isaac. And, and we envision Isaac here in our first hearing, we envision him almost as a child. But he was likely an older teen, certainly able to defend himself. Abraham's an old man. If you look at the basic physics here, there was no way for Abraham to physically capture his son and lay him on the altar. I have two sons. And I'm a large man. I'm bigger than most Ethiopians. And I can just tell you right now, that I could not capture either one of my sons and lay them on an altar and tie them up while they just laid there. 
My oldest son I can't catch. He's too fast. And my youngest son is too big. I can't pick him up. But here's what Abraham had. He had a son who trusted his voice like Abraham trusted God's voice. In this story is an amazing picture of faith. And faith comes by hearing God's voice. And by understanding who God is through Him revealing Himself to you today. When I think about this story and when God speaks, I see in the scripture a few things about God's voice. That I want you to understand for the time and the word today. God always speaks from God's providential will. God has a mission for the earth. God has a mission for mankind. God has a mission for Ethiopia. God has a mission for America. God has a mission for Beza Church. God has a mission for Calvary Church. God has a mission for me. And God has a mission for you. Every person in God's family has a mission. It's not just the pastors and the preachers and the leaders that have a mission. You have a commission and a mission given to you by God's word. You might be saying, I don't know what that mission is. I'm going to tell you that one mission all of us have is real clear in the Bible. And it's called the Great Commission Mission. Everybody here is ordained by God to make disciples. And to go forth and preach the gospel. And you might say, well, I'm not a preacher, so I'm off the hook on that mission. To which I remind you, preacher just means proclaimer. Everybody here can proclaim the goodness of God. Everybody can hear God's voice. Each of us can be led by God's spirit. And each of us can obey the commands of God. So God's voice always comes from his providential will for mankind. His, his voice also brings each of us to a deeper relationship. It was that day and that time that Abraham knew deeper who God was. But it also shows that God now knew a part of Abraham. Now, I know God knows everything already. 
And so it wasn't that it was new to God. But God took time later in the text in the same chapter to simply say this to Abraham. He said, now I know. Now I know. Now I know. See, when you respond to God's voice, heaven looks over the balcony and says, now I know. I can trust you with my voice. I can trust you with my word. I can trust you with my mission. Because every time God speaks, He brings us into a deeper relationship. When God speaks, He invites us into His work. A moment ago, I said God has a mission for this church and for each of you. We call that the work of God. And when God speaks, God invites you to be part of his work on the earth. Did you ever think about the idea that the creator of all things wants you to help him do some work? That God picked people like me and like you to be his hands and feet? I mean, that's, that's a pretty high assignment. To think that God could pick you. And God could pick you. And God chose you. And God chose you. God chose me. And if you're like me, you think to yourself, why would God ever choose me? I don't have anything to offer God. And compared to how great he is and how small I am, why would God even want to use me? But God's central plan is to put the treasure of the good news of Jesus Christ inside these earthen imperfect vessels. God wants to use you. God desires to use you. And God has a plan for your life. Now when God speaks, I can promise you one thing. You will have to adjust your life. God doesn't speak into our plans. God invites us into his plans. So if you're a planner and you're one of those people that mark out the rest of your year, and you know where you think you'll be in 5 and 10 and 20 years, you have no idea that God has plans for you too. And I can promise you God's plans far exceed your plans. Abraham saw one son. Abraham God saw an entire nation. Abraham saw Isaac. God saw Israel. God saw you and me. And all this came through this moment right here. 
ያ ሁሉ የመጣው ከዚህ ሰዓት ነው See when I look at my plans for my life and the things I think I can achieve if I hold too tight to those I'll shoot way under what God could achieve a little boy took off one day with a lunch his mom had made he had some fish and some biscuits he had a lunch for one God fed a multitude. See, our plans are so small compared to God's plans. Because God's plans are tied to his redemptive work for mankind. They're much bigger than us. Yet he chooses to work through us every day. When you hear the voice of God, I can promise you you'll have to adjust your plans. And when you respond to God's voice, you'll experience a new part of God you've never experienced before. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, it says now to him who is able, should do exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ask or think according to his power that works in us. If you take the top thing you think God can do with your life, if you think God can take your life to this level, you've already shortchanged God. Because his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. His plans are not our plans. God is much bigger. And God can do more with you if you'll simply listen to his voice when you follow God's voice be prepared to be uncomfortable be prepared to find yourself in places that maybe you're not sure you fit but you're not there because you're you you're there because he's God and because he's good and because he's loving and because he's faithful and we know who God is you can trust God's voice